Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm feeling confused. Yeah, I'm confused. We didn't do a sound check. You're right. We didn't do a sound check. The listeners wouldn't know that, but I'm confused for other reasons. Uh, because you're not sure if you should call me Master Watson still? I'm not calling you Master Watson, despite your nomination as a master entrepreneur. I'm confused because we've got three Matt's. Get triple Matt here today. Are you feeling really moody today? Well, we do have Matt Moody here from uh, Bellwether. Hi, Matt. Hi. I like that intro. Yeah, we're uh, we're glad to have you here, and this won't be confusing at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny for those of you that that aren't aware. Um, Matt Watson and Matt DeCourcy spend a lot of time clarifying which Matt. No, and no, it's not a problem. I'm just Master Watson now. Oh my God! Let me give you some background it's not a here, Mister Moody. Um, Matt has recently been nominated as one of Kansas City's top entrepreneurs and will be presenting tonight. So we're going to have to hear a lot of this master crap. Um, you don't have to call him. Matt. You can call him anything you want. Um, yesterday. Other than Matt, because that's. Yeah, that's. Con- well, well, maybe we will call you master just on this one. There we go. Or, Perfect. or uh, <laughs> Mrs. Watson. I don't know. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, we're glad to have you in here. We were visiting a few minutes before we uh, turned on the mic as I turn on the live stream two minutes into the show. That's pretty par for the course here at Startup Hustle. But failure is always an option. Yeah, so Matt, you've done a lot of interesting things. Welcome to the club. Well, yeah, thank you. I, um, I, I don't know if they're all interesting. Some yeah, of them are. we've all done some. I mean, <laughs> I, I've done a lot of stuff that isn't interesting like call Matt Watson master. Um, so anyway, you're currently the founder and CEO of a company called Bellwether. Yeah. And yeah. we're looking forward to talking about that. You guys do some high tech stuff. Um, for those of you listening, you can check it out at B E L L W E T H R.com. That's Bellwether. So tell us about your company, Matt. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Bellwether is basically an automated machine learning platform. Um, and the first product that we built on that is called U-Turn. And that product um, basically identifies which of a business's high lifetime value customers are, are at risk of exiting in the, in the future. Okay. And you do that how? Um, so basically what you do, like it, with the machine learning platform, essentially what we're looking for, the simplest or the English version is we're looking at patterns and data from the past looking at which customers left and which ones didn't. And then you basically, it's sort of a memorization of those patterns that you then apply to current data and see which customers are trending towards the customers from the past that exited. Okay. So how in the world did you uh, get into this? Um, So I'm a programmer and... All right. (laughs) Uh, I was sitting here wondering the same thing. I was like, is this guy a technical founder or, a, or is he like me? Does he write checks and not code? Nope, I could. Okay. He yeah. writes codes, but it, but it all looks like dollar sign. <laughs> yeah. that's It really is true. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you get into this? How'd you um, end up starting this? Well, so 
I guess the programming has been around for a long time, but as far as the, the, you know, applying machine learning, um, started with that, uh, the last company that I, that I started, I sold, um, it was acquired and I went and worked for, for that company. And when I was there, I built a model that basically a machine learning model that predicted which of their customers were likely to leave. And so, um, after I kind of put in the corporate time and decided I needed to had the itch, which i you guys know the feeling of that. Then I decided I was going to, uh, I had seen the value in what that would, you know, what, what that basically can do for a business. And so I felt like that was a, a good enough starting point to, to test the market and see how things would go. So that previous company, was it a telecom company? Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, so I mean, churn, you know, is a pretty, so they have a lot of customers, probably a lot of churn, yep. right? So it's pretty ripe for building a model. Yep, exactly. Um, and then you started out uh, basically trying to solve that exact same problem with Bellwether, but then applying it uh, for other telecom companies? Yeah. That's kind of where you started? That's kind of where we started. Um, and, and we really focused on churn to begin with. And then, you know, it was kind of... Uh, I think we should stop and define churn because not everyone's familiar sure. with that term. I think that the people at this table are, but um, churn is defined as... Making as butter. <laughs> Yeah, which of your customers spoken, are likely to make spoken butter? by a true master? <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Um, basically, the customers who leave, right? Yep. Right. So identifying, you know, which you know, customer retention is the flip side. So which ones stay, and then churn being. Yeah. The ones and that we leave. refer to that as churn rate, which Matt Watson, that is not how fast you make butter. And sometimes you have a negative churn rate. That's true. We have Stackify that, has a negative churn we have rate. That so full yeah. scale too. I get yeah. it. But all right. So obviously, the churn rate is. You know, it's cheaper to keep a customer you have than to try to find a new one. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that your clients are well aware of that. Uh, yeah. And that's really where we kind of start with is, okay, what's the churn rate? And, you know, if we cut that by X percent, what does that look like at the end of the day? Uh, and usually that ends up being a pretty big number. So it, it's sort of a, a no-brainer at that standpoint. So I'm assuming you, you, you demonstrate the value and benefit of your services based on, hey, we cost this much, but we're going to save you that. And yeah, yeah. In a not sense, to mention the like human factor of like all the people that are trying to save those accounts on the phone when they're already ready to cancel or default it or whatever. Am it, I correct? Yeah, and, and we and you know we kind of apply it like sort of the next step to that because I think it's one thing to say, hey, look, there goes a customer. You know that that isn't all that helpful. Yeah, um, and not all customers. Or are, why did you just leave? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and not all customers are equal in that. You know, there's everybody has bad customers. Customers you don't really care if they leave. They, Amen to that. <laughs> I have fired customers before. I have too. I actually uh, am very open about sometimes you need to fire your customers. Sure, and yeah. and that's why we they sort of the first step, the first thing we apply is sort of a customer segmentation machine learning model that identifies your high lifetime value or likely to be high lifetime value because. You know, the the joke we apply or, you know, we kind of use with this is hey, if somebody that's a high lifetime value customer, you might, you know, drop off a cheesecake. If it's somebody that you made a buck on in the last three years, then, you know, maybe you send an email. Maybe, maybe you fire that customer or you don't worry about it. Um, so it's sort of like a two-step. And basically what we're doing there is applying two different types of machine learning models in order to you know, help you kind of find. So, so for those that aren't very familiar with machine learning like so like kind of how does that actually work so 
the simplest explanation is pattern matching. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's an oversimplified answer, but that's at the end of the day, that's sort of what you're doing. So for for one of these telecom companies, is the pattern then based on like uh, if their bill goes up or the um, how many times they call in and complain or like how to what maybe what kind of goes into that? Like yeah. if you don't use it, you're likely to cancel. I would think would be a big one. Or well, maybe if you're late for your payment all the time. Yeah. Well, and really the machine learning idea is, you know, it, it's, if you, if there's like one or two features of either the customer or how they're using the product or how many times they're calling or those sorts of things, then, then I think that still lies in sort of like the human realm where you can say, Oh, hey, and they look, called in and complained. We get it. Yeah. They're mad. Yeah. They're mad. That's easy. Yeah. You don't really need to have any sort of special program to do that yeah. now. So the machine learning angle is taking all of these sorts of things to where you're getting so deep into, you know, it's uh, maybe a half dozen features that are really important when they, you know, whether that's uh, how many times they've, you know, last time they, or, you know, based on the behavior, how much they're using the product. Data usage, like for telecom, like yep. how, how much data do they use a day? Yep. Exactly. Like that. Yep. So combining that with their location, because maybe you have customers that are in one area that are, you know, you know, maybe the service isn't that great. And so it'll basically find, well, you know, data usage may not necessarily be indicative of somebody that's going to leave, except maybe in, you know, some region or something. That, that would be us with Spectrum here because they suck. They're oh, terrible. Well, we can have a whole nother episode about that because they got in a little oh fire with them last year and won. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, all right. So you guys do this for more than just telecom though, right? Yeah. 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 So that's got to be challenging on some level to have, you know, you're de trying to develop this, you know, well, I guess with pattern, you know, actually maybe not because data is data. How many, how many yeah. customers would somebody need to build this model? Well, so what we've done and the way that we automate this is we kind of make the decisions on one. One of the most, uh, the toughest things with machine learning is that it, it, it traditionally, if you don't have very much data, then the idea is you don't waste your time. Um, we handle for smaller data sets in that it's just a different algorithm. You use a different approach for smaller data Um if somebody had, you know, and, it, and it, you can kind of scale that up and we sort of based on like how the data is coming in and we'll adjust um, knowing if they've got a hundred customers, we can still do something there. Okay. Um, cool. If it's, if it's up to, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, then that, that gets, frankly, it gets easier. Um, well, just there's more, yeah. More things to match. Yeah. Sure. There's, there's more data there. The, the, Generally speaking, the more data, the better, but we do handle for, for smaller data sets too. Interesting. How like many, Stackify. I was going to say how many 901, data? 901 customers. How many, that's up one from yesterday. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah. And you speaking of data, how many data points does Stackify process every day? Uh, it's like over a billion. Wow. It's a lot. Wow, it's almost like the size of your bank account, right? Uh, no, I wish. <laughs> hey, I figured since you become a master, they just put an extra zero. You know, some of the other people on the the, the other masters that will be there tonight are billionaires. I but know. I'm not. I know. Well, give it time. Give it time. We're working on that. Working on We're it. working on that. So, Matt, as as in Matt Moody, how long have you guys been doing this? Started Bellwether in, uh, we'll be coming up on two years in December. Yeah, I ask because, you know, the whole machine learning, AI, all that. It, I mean, that's a very debatable topic for a lot of different reasons. You know, like there's clearly people that think it's going to kill all of us. And then there's a lot of people <laughs> like me that think that, you know, you look at, okay, 
What you just described and the service that you provide for your clients is remarkable, first off, because my goal is I want to keep my clients in the boat. And there's really no way to just intuitively know, well, obviously, if someone's calling and screaming, I'm going to cancel, I'm going to cancel. Well, if you can't figure out that they're probably going to cancel, you're not very smart. But being able to figure that out is and this is these are the kind of uses of machine learning and AI that I think are really impressive. And they're and you know what? They're consumer friendly, too, because I believe that it probably helps a company identify, hey, this is someone that needs help. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different things that you can kind of, you, and that's really kind of what we do with the underlying platform is that we're, you know, finding churn is one aspect, but what else do you, what else do you do with it? So, you know, with that high lifetime value, we can do uh, finding the high lifetime value customers. And, you know, the next step is, well, I'd like to have more people like that. So sure. using that on, not necessarily on just the retention side, but using it on the I would like to find more people who are like my best customers. I, I, identifying your ideal customer profile. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So um, we like to talk about technology sometimes. What do you guys use? Is this like a Python? Yeah. Yeah. We use the Python. Everybody. What's up with, yeah. so why is Python so prevalent with machine learning and AI stuff? Well, I think, I mean, you know, R was probably the, you know, in academia. Then I think 100% of people that we talk to about it and even the folks that do it at the full-scale office in Cebu City are all doing Python. I think it's mostly because, you know, if you if you think about all the different options that you have and Python being one where, okay, you could, you know, you can build your server on that. You can, and at the same time, then you can roll out your models in the same language and makes it a little less cumbersome to jump around uh, um, all i've learned is that it is quote faster professor james told me it's faster and i take <laughs> his word for it we have a bunch of college professors that work for us actually we one do of, one of them has a do we have uh, to like five of them or something I, five or six seven seven i know it's almost like a, it's, we're at full-scale university yeah pretty close but yeah so you know one of our employees over there had uh has some experience they were using uh he used python um and they were they did all kinds of weird stuff they were uh measuring the roundness of pearls even though a pearl is its value is based on its roundness and then they also used a bunch of data to try to identify factors that would identify a autistic child and where he stood in the he or she stood in the spectrum of all that. And yeah, they just did it's amazing did what you can stuff. do. With- yeah. They did another thing. It was like optical character recognition, teaching it how to read handwriting and stuff like that. So that's awesome. So, okay. So, so yeah. you guys, you guys use Python for machine learning, but you do you do anything else? Just all Python. It's, it's pretty much all Python. Now we have our own, we have our own dashboard or console and that, that obviously is decoupled. So we use uh, react for that. Okay. Okay. So do you, um, is your is mostly what you do more of a uh, like professional services where it's a very kind of custom project or do people really yeah, log into your website? Yeah. yeah, it's no. not really a turnkey solution, right? It um, requires a lot of customization and setup for every client. Right now, it's still a little heavy. Like so we provide sort of the guide rails at the very beginning, and then it's self serve. But okay. we try to provide, you know, sort of we we've gone down the road of okay, here, you know, go good luck. Um, and that still some of the concepts of it's not a one size fits all kind of solution. No. And, you know, I think the sort of the, the terminology is like training a model, right? That doesn't mean that's, you know, we use learn now inside of our 
dashboard because it makes a little more sense than training. But training, you know, is this sort of like the, hey, find the patterns. Mm -hmm. And then inference or, you know, when you're predicting, that's that's obviously looking towards the future with that and, and using it on current data as opposed to data from the past. What are some of the challenges that you've run into building all this? Like we, we like to talk about the things that we fail at and, you know, or the things that were tough. And part of our mission statement here is if we can help someone else avoid the errors we made, then we've done some public service. Sure. Um, I think, that, you know, one of the toughest things in machine learning and really what we've, where we sort of try to hang our hat is most of it's just too complex for most people to do. So it's really in the hands of companies that have the resources to hire the data scientists and the data engineers. Um, and so trying to make it really simple is, is really hard. Um, you know, trying to simplify that, those things, and then still reaching the performance that you would, you know, you, you would get if you, if you had a staff of data scientists and data engineers. So, you know, one of the things I guess to kind of dig in a little deeper in that, um, the, the ability for a model, the general idea, and traditionally the way the, the approach is take a big, you know, data set, dump it in, learn the patterns, then deploy the model and, you know, rinse and repeat. But updating that model, that's usually not done. And it's just something where you usually go back to scratch and start over and build a new model. And so, um, that piece has been, we, we basically came up with a way to do it in an incremental fashion to That's where good. that model can continue to learn. We basically create APIs for learning and, and then also pr predicting. So that makes it to where, you know, those models are continuing to grow. And really the idea is that the value grows over time. It's not something that you, you have to go get the giant data set first because that, that stops a lot of early companies from using machine learning in that they assume, oh, you know, we're going to have to wait five years until we got a big data set, and then maybe we can start using these things. So how big is your team? It's pretty small right now, so we're five. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're, we're in tech. It's not that small. You can get a lot, you can get hell yeah. a lot done with five people. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Anyway, and we, and we've made quite a bit of progress. We're in Techstars right now. Um, and, you know, we, so we have. Techstars Kansas City? Yeah, Techstars Kansas City. Okay. So uh, demo day being here coming up in about a month. So is your team all here? Um, no. So my uh, co-founder, our oper operations officer is in Redding, California. Okay. So it's my job on this show to represent the non-technical. And I'm going to ask a really basic question that I, I understand and know doesn't have a definitive answer. But how long does it take for a machine to learn? Like if Not you, very long. Yeah, I'm just curious. And I think that that's a reasonable question. Like if I'm analyzing a billion points of data or whatever, is that something that like, is it just like, hang on, uploading, and then it spits it out? Or does this take time and months? And I know because certain like, you know, for Gigabook, I was trying to automate the, the live support through Intercom and I'm just using plugins. And it just required like a while. It needed to know too much, I think. And I, and I lost interest in it because I just was like, well, I could just answer the questions maybe. Yeah, it doesn't take that long. I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, you know, there's, there's different angles for machine learning too. I mean, I think the sexier side of it is, uh, you know, the, the more where everybody kind of thinks of it like AI, the deep learning um, side of things where it's, holy cow, it, you know, recognize my face. 
those sorts of things. That's now that's that's in the computer vision side um, or or you know the deep learning, and and that'll take some time. Um, but if you think about how many images are necessary for that, those those building those models will take a little bit of time. But in most like tabular data, um, not just that a long. few minutes. Yeah. Yeah, even, it, I mean, in a lot of in a lot of time, you know, kind of depending. Let's say like uh, a couple hundred customers, um, depending on how many features you have in that data set for each one of those customers or the products that they that they're buying or whatever. Um, you know, we're in seconds. That's pretty cool. That is crazy. So, how do you guys charge for this? Is it yeah, like it was, tens it was, of thousands of dollars to, to do, or like how, how does this? What does this cost? Yeah, so it, we kind of have a range. We don't have um, one of the things we're working on right now is sort of a freemium version um, that we'll be rolling out that lets people kind of get started with it, so they can kind of see how things go. Um, and then once we kind of jump on there, right now, right now it costs anywhere from three thousand up to twelve thousand a month. Okay. Well, it's pretty easy ROI if you can save some cancellations and reduce churn. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, well, first off, congratulations on everything you've done. That stuff's way past my pay grade as far as the technology. Everything is. No, podcasting, (laughs) writing books, and following you with a camera. All right, yeah. He can do that. I don't do that a lot. I might do it tonight. You know, this master thing. Can we develop a predictive model that will let me know when Watson's head is swelling? Do you have examples of it in the past? Probably. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I have a lot. I mean, a lot. I can just, so we're going to upload all 57 prior episodes or 58, or I don't even know what we're on anymore. And we're going to look for some patterns. One pattern I know that will be recognizable right away is the fact that you have never beat me at rock, paper, scissors. On the, I, I'm <laughs> estimating, and I haven't counted yet, maybe Bellwether can help us figure this out. I think you're 0 and 25. And I want to know what the mathematical probability of that is because it just does not seem probable. But that's what <laughs> that does tr- seem. I know, doesn't it? Yes. I know. You think, like, you know, they say that, you know, the blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, but he's beat me off the show, but never when it mattered, like the $200. <laughs> dinner tab with our wives (laughs) anyway we don't have to talk about that so in regards to ai and machine learning like this is obviously something that's here to stay and there's a lot of debate with you know you have guys like elon musk and and stephen hawking that are saying that it's going to run rampant and take over the world and you know i always think about the terminator and skynet is now self self self-aware like I mean, what, what do you, what's your take on that? Is that like something that's a legitimate concern? Is this a problem? Like, is this something that in the wrong hands is going to be chaotic? Maybe not right now, though. I mean, I think one of the a, a good example of that is, you know, there was the idea that the automated autonomous cars were going to be here next year and everybody's going to be, you know, using one. And I think that's still highly probable but you know a lot of the reports are that are coming out right now i think there's a big story in the new york times that just came out saying uh yeah it's uh it's going to take a little longer and you know people jumping from hey it's going to be here in 2019 to uh, maybe it'll be here in what do you mean you just hit the button on uber and you get a fully autonomous <laughs> car shows up oh my god isn't that a, how it works as my mom used to tell me you live in a tree <laughs> um i i have a tesla and so it it will stay in the lanes, right? And that's super cool. But to be 100% autonomous, yeah. that seems like it's got a lot of ways This to is go. like when you ask me why I had a truck. And I say, because I like having the truck for when I need to haul something. You say, you can just push a button and call Bungie. 
That's right. Yes, that's a free ad, Ben Jackson. Bungie.com, B-U-N-G-I-I.com. <laughs> be like Matt Watson and get a, a pickup truck to your door. Um, so what's the future with your company? I mean, what do you what do you see happening? You have tech uh, tech stars coming up, um, you know, yeah. what, what, what do you have in store? So basically scaling up the team. So that's sort of the next stage for us is building out the rest of the engineering team. Um, and, and then starting to roll out, like I kind of mentioned, we're going to roll out a freemium product that, uh, you know, lets people kind of play around with this thing a little bit. So. What's what's stopping that right now? If, I mean, I'm sorry, I know we're candid. I'm assuming that it could be funding or support or you know just the newness of the project. Like, what what's what do you need to be successful? Well, I mean, I think we kind of started it in a little, you know. I think the the sort of the Silicon Valley framework is you know go raise a bunch of money and then, and then build it, um, and don't necessarily worry about making money anytime soon. God, and, I hate that. <laughs> We, that wasn't our approach. So you got to stop and sell something every now and then. So you guys are making money. Yeah, yeah, we've been making money since day one. So. Perfect. Which is a little, you know, it's not the it's not the sexy startup story, but uh, that is if you've been making money <laughs> since day one, that's way sexier <laughs> than hey, we just blew. I was at, in preparation for we're going to do a whole series on business documentaries. By the way, do you have a, a business documentary or movie from the past that you uh, that you have either watched a bunch or that you have found to be profound? Um, not necessarily profound. I mean, how about enjoyed documentary or, or a movie, anything that's about uh, business entrepreneurship, maybe even leadership, hell, whatever, maybe even just your favorite Disney movie. I mean, I mean, I think the big Lebowski is probably a pretty, <laughs> that's more, that's the <laughs> philosophical. We'll put that under philosophical. So the dude abides on that question. Um, yeah. what do you, what do you think of tech stars? How's that going? It's been awesome. I mean, I think I had, I think there's been so many incubators that have been out there that. Yeah. And let's define what Techstars does for those that aren't here. Yeah. yeah well, tell us. Uh, so, I mean, it, Techstars is an incubator. Basically, they take early stage companies and, and not even necessarily like, you know, super early. Um, but the general idea is taking entrepreneurs and in the, with a technical product or, or business and, and helping them build it and become successful. And um, I think there's been, you know, there's so many groups out there now that, oh, they have an incubator here, or an accelerator, or whatever, whatever terminology they want to use. Um, and I was a little w- worried about that. Um, Why? Uh, just because I think that a lot of times, you know, then it, it becomes a little bit of a factory. And, um, you know, you could... A lot of times companies that I've seen that have done some of these, not like Techstars, but some of the other ones, then it's sort of like they, it's a, it's a box. They become a cookie cutter. Um, and Techstars has not been like that at all. It's been so incredible. What have, what have they done that's, uh, that's, that's changing things in a positive way for you? And how did you, and how did you even get involved or connected with them? Yeah. Um, well, uh, the first question, I think the biggest thing that they do is, um, and I'm not sure, you know, obviously I haven't been in uh, any of the other ones, but I think one of the most valuable things was early on, right away, they bring in a lot of really successful people, people who have been there and done these things before. Masters? Um, yeah, masters. And they basically uh, tear you up a little bit. And, you know, I think... It's not a bad thing. No, it's it's yeah. absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And I think 
you it's know, a lot easier than them saying, "Oh, that's cool. You're doing a great job." You know, they slap the rose. Sometimes people need it's the criticism. Sl- you need you need those rose-colored glasses slapped off of your head. And I think one of the things that early-stage businesses and inexperienced entrepreneurs do is they only think about the sunny day. Oh yeah, and usually <laughs> no, like, surround yeah. usually surrounded by yeah. yes men who say, "Oh, it's great. It's wonderful," and you just don't hear those sorts of things. And right. so, you know, I I think I felt like after having two two successful startups, the first one was not. But after, after the last two, I felt like I knew quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't quite sure, okay, how much am I really going to learn? And it's been awesome. I feel like I, there's so many things that I felt like I knew that I had no idea. Well, that's good. Um, and how'd you get, how'd you end up in their program or how would someone want to be involved or apply? Is Techstars outside of Kansas City? Yes, or is, yeah. They're like, it's like all there's over. There's one right? in Boulder and there's, there's ton of them sort of all now they're now they've got one in i think thailand um they've got them pretty much all over the place Mm -hmm. um there's uh i know i know one in berlin and then of course you know all the so did you just did you just apply and um so i presented uh the product at a at a tech conference in berlin and we kind of got put in touch with uh some venture capital groups and and one of them had contacts with Techstars and sort of opened the door and and advised that we should, you know, look into it and that wasn't the answer I was expecting. I gave a presentation in Berlin. But that is really outside of Kansas City. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So as part of being in Techstars, are you guaranteed to get a certain amount of funding or something? No, 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 you get funding as part of it. You know, you go through an interview process. So basically they have quite a few applicants. Then they they narrow down, they'll bring you in for interviews. And then from there, they they narrow down to 10 in in a cohort. Um, And then, you know, at at that point, then you get it's basically 120,000. And and then do they, do they take a piece or is that a grant? Yeah, they take a piece. Okay. Yeah, so they do get some equity. Do you determine that or do they offer it to you? They they offer it to you. So they look at what you're doing, they gauge their interests, and based on that, so if there's ten people, that one point two million or whatever split that they're doing, they're saying we're willing to do this, and you get to take it or leave it. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some negotiating because I mean, I think there have been companies who are who are pretty big. That for whatever reason that's that's a little different. You know, the the scenario could be yeah, a little different. But, yeah, but I think most of them, it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry on on that. So have you guys raised capital outside of no a little we, bit from them? No, we haven't. I mean, we and so from our standpoint, it was it's a pretty good timing for us. We 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 did about two hundred fifty thousand dollars in revenue in year one, and we're on that's pace good. for for four hundred this year. Um, and so yeah, not taking any money and building in revenue. Um, it's sort of a nice, nice spot for us to be in. So you're in the club of people that don't get a paycheck right now, like we are. Oh uh, no, I pay myself. Oh, <laughs> oh good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> We're going to change that. Actually. I want to be part of that club. The one that gets a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I got your royalty check for the podcast. It's zero. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The decision we made beginning that startup Valley style decision that yeah. we made to not monetize this thing. It's working. It's, it is. I tell you what, I didn't, I didn't need machine learning. I did not need predictive analytics. I did all the data science myself and I was 100% accurate. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So are you guys looking to raise capital soon? Or? Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're in the kind of in the middle, it sort of, sort of just started uh, the fundraising process. So. It sucks, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> well, I, I know it from my first, from my first startup and, and I, had said, yeah, not going to do that again. 
Um, and then here, here, here I am. Yeah. How much um, are you looking to raise? Uh, so we're looking to around 2 million. Okay. Yeah. I went through that last year and doing it again now. So it's not fun. No, it's like a full-time job that you don't want. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm trying to kind of take a different approach this time just because of how rough it was last time. Tell us about that. Well, but so by the way, and one of the biggest questions that Matt and I run into off the show. And one of the things we talk to is all related around funding. Cause you know, everyone needs it. Everyone wants it and everyone thinks they deserve it. And then very, very few get it. Oh yeah. So which rightfully is probably the right way. Yeah, it right? is. Not it, everything it, should it, get the funding. So I was looking up uh, just some of the numbers for the podcast last night. And by the way, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we're up to 148 countries we've been heard in. Wow. And it's growing. So really appreciate the support, but one of the most popular podcasts that we have like in the top 10 is the one titled raising money sucks all right and it's just because you know we talked we got into that and it does suck and you're not entitled to it and you're if you don't go about trying to get it properly uh, forget about it so i want to hear about this different approach enlighten us sir mm, well I, I think it's also or is little, it just more in the head it's definitely more in the, the head. attitude it's more more in the head more in the attitude and i think now i'm in a little different spot than what i was the first time because the, the first time i had a software company um so really low margin um not something that you can sell a lot online which i didn't do the unit economics on before i started that business so we sold a lot online and interesting <laughs> and, and and yeah when that doesn't work out well you kind of know what happens so yeah. um the uh so really mostly just it, it's just a different approach for me this time in that i think the this business is obviously in a lot better position than that one was well you're gr you're growing and also you know um and for ubcs out there listening i mean every part of what i'm going to say you guys are much like machine learning very robotic and following a lot of patternistic type stuff. And you're in a, what is rightfully so seen as a growing industry, but you know, that uh, fear of missing out, I think exists in the VC world. I'm going to see a bunch of VCs tonight, aren't I? Yes, maybe. Are, so are you trying to raise the money in Kansas city or, uh, or we're, wherever? We're, we're, we've been pretty open. I mean, I mean, obviously that'd be great just because this is where we're based, but um, we, we have some groups that we made contacts with in Berlin. Um, so we have contacts and, and we're moving towards, you know, working with groups sort of kind of all over. There's a lot of money in Kansas city. Just nobody knows it exists. And a lot of it doesn't have any history in technology made a lot of money doing a lot of things that were not tech. So, yeah, you know, the thing, uh, you know, in Kansas city, I, don't, I can't remember we're like the 40th biggest market in the United States. Like we don't even deserve the sports teams we have on paper. But you're right, Matt. And one thing that I do appreciate about a lot of the investment capital here is they do invest it here locally uh, a lot. And I, I got a lot of respect for that. So I don't have a ton of VC firms. I apologize to all the VCs now, mainly because I might see you at Matt's presentation. The largest VC firm in Kansas City has not invested in a, v in a Kansas City-based company in eight years. Wow. That kind of sucks. Hmm. What's up with that? I don't know. I'm going to install Bellwether and figure that out here soon. True story. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Well, you know what, Matt? We're about out of time, and uh, Master Watson has to go, uh, you know, primp his hair. Yeah, I got to do makeup. He's got <sighs> powder in my face. You're probably, are you wearing makeup tonight? Oh, yeah. That's of course. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. That's just weird. Um, 
but yeah, you know, so I'm looking forward to heading out there tonight too, just cause I like learning stuff, uh, 43 and still a student, but, um, anyway, my young Padawan, I'd like to have you back at some point to discuss the post tech stars, <laughs> Sure. Um, deal. And, you know, with interesting and growing companies, we would like to, you know, keep a tab on what's going on. Um, so once again, uh, here with us today was uh, Matt Moody. So we have Matt times three. That actually wasn't confusing. Do no, because you just called me master the whole time. I know. I'll just stick with that. Um, so if you want to check out what Bellwether does, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-R.com. Check it out. See if you can save a few bucks for your software platform. Feel free to give them some feedback and input. I'm sure that's welcome. Oh, yeah. 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 Because we all love it. And if you're a low value customer, we probably won't return your call. <laughs> Is that fair? No. We have to return their call. Okay. All right. Well, see you down the road, Matt. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.